Hey, I'm really sorry about the audio quality that you can be listening to in the interview I did with my team member, Michael. The thing is, it's a really good interview if you're looking at getting started in your first investment property and you don't know where to begin. We tried to hide the audio humming with um, with some music. Hopefully it's not too annoying, but uh, thanks for listening and stay tuned. Hey guys, uh, Kenneth here, I'm here, and today I'm joined by my colleague, Michael Ng from the Broadway Avenue Group, and we're talking about steps to getting your first investment property. Let's assume that you already have your house and you're looking to, or you know, maybe you don't have one yet, but you're looking into getting started into investing. What would you do? What would you do, Michael? Honestly, the thought of it scares me because it's a, it's a long-term play and uh, it's a big commitment. Um, I think the very first thing I would want to do once I've made that conscious decision to invest in real estate is to you know really boil down why I want to do it. What am I trying to get out of it? Um, you know, do you have any advice for me? Like, what should I be thinking about? Well, I mean, I'm just trying to picture you with the clients that you're working with right now. Um, ask them why are they why are they doing it? So it might be that they're saving for their kids' future. Mm-hmm. They're looking for their own retirement. It can be another way to supplement their income. They maybe don't like their day job and they just want to want to find a, a quick way to get out of that. Yeah. Or a, like not quick. Maybe eventually they find their way out of that. Um, but it takes time. You're you're absolutely right. It's a long long term game and it's like planting your seeds now. The way I look at it, for my motivation personally, is because I think money's deflating. I honestly think it's deflating. With the amount of printing that's going on, with the amount of stimulus and, and you know modern money theory, all that kind of stuff, right? Everything's just getting more expensive. And this is my hedge against inflation. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, with that in mind, that, that does affect me personally because I've been thinking about this a lot. I've got a kid and uh, I don't want him to have to pay a hundred bucks for a piece of bread in, in 20 years. Yeah. Not even that. Like, how are they going to find their own place to live? You know what I mean? Like yeah. later on, like, I don't know about you, but I'm worried about that. Yeah. A lot, it, it's a know? big concern. Um, so I, I guess if I were thinking about it, I'd, I'd probably want to build some sort of equity for future generations, not necessarily something for myself. Right. So I know it kind of goes down to your big why. And, um, you know, you hear that term thrown around a lot, right? And no one really knows what their big why is until maybe later on. But for most people, um, I, I think that that's really powerful if you really look deep down inside and ask yourself because it's a big sacrifice. It's yeah. a big sacrifice. Like we were just talking offline about um, saying how you needed a new car. <laughs> and you have your car currently paid off, which is cool. Yeah. It's awesome. But you kind of need a new car and they don't last forever. Yeah, and, and it stresses me out because that's cash I'm spending on a new car that could be going to either you know an investment property or multiple investment properties. Cars aren't cheap. No, I know, I know. And neither is, it's not easy to save for the down payment for sure. So it goes down to really asking yourself, why do you really want this and do you really want it bad enough? The sun is shining outside and it's so nice. And I know the restaurants are just opening up. So it's like exciting to just go there and just, just spend that money and just splash because we haven't had <laughs> an opportunity to do so, right? Yeah. But if you if you stay the course, don't eat that avocado toast. <laughs> I just I'm just saying, go out there and um, and really look deep down inside to figure out if you want to if you really want this. Yeah. And so with with that in mind, let's say I've already decided make that conscious decision decision that I'm going to invest in real estate. I'm going to commit myself for a long period of time. What can I do next in my plan? Okay. Well, what's the scenario? I mean, give me some uh, hypothetical scenarios. So let's put my real life situation in play. Um, I have a kid, he's only two now, and uh, I want him to have some sort of financial security when he's older. Dude, this is the perfect time to start thinking about that. I'm so glad you asked this question. I'm serious about that. Because if you think about it, 
What's what, how long is a typical residential mortgage? About anywhere from twenty-five to thirty years to amortize. Yeah, twenty-five years. So if you do a twenty-five year amortization, he's two now. By the time he's twenty-seven, the place will be completely paid off. Yeah. Just buying anything. Just buy anything. What's an average condo right now in downtown Toronto? Anywhere from six to seven hundred for yeah, a like small. Seven hundred thirty thousand for a yeah. one-bedroom condo or for an average condo, right? Yeah. Imagine if that was paid off and that was gifted to him. Yeah. By the time he's 25, 26, 27, something like that. It doesn't have to be completely paid off, right? Like it could be, you could take, you know, 50% of that equity or whatever it is, 300,000. That'll pay for his education, his car, his first wedding, his trip, his graduation trip. Yeah. A big present that you're going to give him, <laughs> right? So, I mean, think about that. The condo's not the present? <laughs> well, a condo could be part of it, but it could be the down payment of condo. You might not want to give him a 25-year-old condo, Yeah. right? He may not want to live in it. But he definitely would want the, he'd definitely appreciate the equity out of that yeah. to put on his down payment so that would give him some responsibility and give him a life up, in, uh, like a leg up in life, right? To start, yeah. which a lot of people don't have. And a lot of people aren't thinking of these things. And I get it, man. It, it, it's totally hard when kids are young because like life is stressful and you're trying to work and you're trying to do everything. You're trying to pay for their education and, and um, you know, daycare and, yeah. you know, medical bills or whatever, right? Like maybe not medical bills, we're in Canada, so we're very lucky. But um, you know what I mean? There's... There's things that you gotta sacrifice. A lot of things you gotta sacrifice. Yeah. But if you do plant that seed in 25 years, just think about the opportunities. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something that I've been thinking about for a really long time. And one of the problems is, is one, cash flow. And two, I'd say affordability. Right now, things are getting more and more expensive and it's difficult to stick with a plan. Um, do you have any advice uh, for our listeners on what they can do and what strategies they can do to, to follow through? Yeah, for sure. So if, if everybody, if anybody listening is the same situation that you're in right now, in the same boat, and you're thinking about how you're going to, you know, you have your house, you have things going on, but you just don't have the 120, the average price is called 600,000. It's probably closer to 700,000, but it's just called 600,000. So 20% down is $120,000, right? So how are you going to come up with that? I think the first step is to think of a plan on how to how to do that. You know, pre-construction does make it easy if you're buying a condo because you can put the payment stag over, over you know, two and a half, four years, something like that, depending on the builder, depending on the project. But let's call it over four years, right? You can always take a line of credit out of your current house that you have and slowly pay that off and make, make that up over the four years, right? It gives you that edge of time. However, the problem with it is that I know it's expensive. Pre-construction is expensive. You look at these sticker prices, you're thinking you're gonna get a one bedroom for 600,000. It's not gonna happen. You know, the average price per square foot in downtown Toronto is $1,400 a square foot now. Oof. Right, so let's call it 750,000 is where you wanna be. So you edge yourself a little bit higher. Then you just gotta make it up over the four years, really. And yeah. that's how you get started. It's like the easy button. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that definitely helps me narrow down certain things and uh... It's, a, it's something that I have to actually put into action because we can talk about it all day, but if I don't act on it, then you know this is all just for, for nothing. Yeah, because you know, before you know it, a blink of an eye, a year goes by. Yeah. Right? Especially at our age now, it's just, well, my age anyway. A year <laughs> goes by just really quickly. And so if you don't take those, that action and just take that first step, it's, it's really hard. Yeah, and it feels like that way, especially with the buyers that we've been working with, because from from the start of 2019, and then when we went through COVID up until this year, it's it's sort of a recurring theme that we're seeing. What's that? You know, the, the the difficulty of entering the market when people have expected you know prices to maybe adjust a little bit. 
Yeah, I know it's scary in the beginning of the pandemic where you know you're you're unsecure about your job, you're not sure what's gonna happen, you're, you're thinking your income's gonna be cut in like quarter to like or be slashed to zero even for that matter. Yeah. Right. So it's hard to make that move, and then people are thinking, oh, is the bottom gonna fall down even lower? Is it gonna go down even lower? Well, you know what? We hit the bottom already, and it's starting to pick up again. Everyone's starting to get vaccinated. People are starting to return to work, and things are beautiful. It's summertime, yeah. you know. So. Um, I just think there's no better time than today. It's hard to get started. It's hard to have that that down payment ready to go. Yeah. So if you don't have it, you gotta start saving for it. If you don't have it, you don't have the d- discipline to save for it. Buy a pre-construction. Yeah. Probably a good way to do that. Now let's just say if you already have a couple pre-construction condos or a couple condos for that matter, what do you do next? Oh, right? that's a really good question. So what I've taught people to do and what I'm doing personally is starting to convert that equity into um, either you go to freehold, you buy a couple single-family homes. Or do look at you know dual family, two duplexes, triplexes, multiplexes, yeah. or even a small building, which is I know difficult. Or commercial. Commercial is a little bit. Anyway, I'm getting all over the map right now, right? <laughs> but like um, commercial is really different because the cash flow might be a little bit hard. Yeah. It, it could be hard. It could not be hard. And there's also development, right? That's a little more advanced. So let's start with um, if you have a few condos and you're looking to trade up, then I would say probably go to a triplex, duplex or triplex. Probably the best way to do it. Yeah. That sounds like a solid strategy, especially because you know you're used to thinking about rentals being uh, an apartment of some sort. So when you're dealing with a multiplex or a triplex, you're dealing with many of the same type of apartments throughout. Uh, would you recommend hiring a property manager in my case? Say if I were to buy a multiplex now. Well, not for you because I mean I guess you do this every day of your life, so you could do it. Now the problem is you're limited with your time. So I know like there's there's bedtime routines and stuff like that, and like you know with kid it's 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 like it's hard yeah i get it right so yeah we would rely on on third-party people in fact we have our own i use my own property manager our own property management services because i need it yeah you know back in the day when i was 20 25 years old when i was 25 that's when i first got my first property um yeah when that when things happened i went there with a drill and started fixing things myself you know but now there's just no time for that unfortunately yeah. so yes i would absolutely rely on property management you can budget anywhere from five to 10% of the annual uh, revenue towards property management. In our case, it's a little bit less because we make it uh, unaffor- we make it more affordable for people to to get into management, right? Property management, so it's like your headaches are off off your plate, right? Yeah. Well, I mean that that really helps a lot. I appreciate it. I mean, it, I'm sure my situation applies to a lot of other people, and uh, you know, it's all about taking that big step. Yeah, I know. I'm giving you a lot to think about. Um, and I know we weren't supposed to go into the talking about your situation, but I'm just saying that it, it, it's hard to take that sacrifice. You, you should start thinking about it, yeah. I think. And um, I guess for our clients that are, are already working with, they're doing the same thing. They're yeah. thinking about it. A lot of people are in the same boat. And um, yeah, there's no better way to get started and no better time to get started than today. Turn it up.